replugged it, and I think we're good to go. All right, beauty. Perfect, okay. a lot clearer. All right, hey, so thank, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. It really means a lot. Man, that's all good. Thank you very much for having me on. Of course, of course. Uh, just to introduce myself, my name is Austin. Uh, I run the website and social pages for We Write About Music. Um, and yeah, super happy to have you on. I promise I won't take up too much of your time. Oh, man, problem. I got the day free so we can chat. You're oh, good. nice. All right. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, well, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it short for your sake anyway. Um, uh, all right. So to begin, I just wanted to say congratulations on the release of Mr. Prism. Absolutely love the song. It's, it's fantastic. It kind of came out of nowhere. It was super nice to see that. But I wanted to talk about the music video because it's insane. Uh, um, okay. What can you tell us about how it came about? Uh, I love the claymation and it, it just it takes some crazy turns. Yeah. So we actually had this idea where we had a music video that was going to be um, all four of us trying to come up with a theme for a music video that was going to be like actual real life. So we had a guy, John, who was filming and I ended up having to get my wisdom teeth out. So I couldn't do any filming, but we had this like end scene of uh, where everything goes into claymation for like one part um, where it's like the sort of candy world thing. And then we were like, well, why don't we just run with that idea and give uh, Ollie Jones, the creator, like free reign. So we kind of had a bit of a chat. Have you seen that Simpsons claymation where like the bullies come in and like slice everyone up? Oh, yeah, I'm assuming that's where the inspiration came from. Yeah. So we were like, I was talking to Ollie, I was like, this video, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've had that guy on my podcast. So he was like, apparently it was all around, like, that sort of style. So we're like, man, like, perfect. Like, let's kind of go with that kind of theme and run with it. And Ollie just spent, like, because England had, like, a mini heat wave, so all his clay models kept melting. So he couldn't get, oh, like, geez. the... The headline kept getting pushed back and back, but... It's so funny, like, how it actually came together. Like, yeah, what an amazing project he, he, he managed. It's really cool. I've, I've watched it a few times at this point, and it gets more ridiculous with each watch. <laughs> so congrats on that, and whoever, whoever put it together did a fantastic job. I'll tell him. So I would hope and assume that the release of a single might signal that something else is on its way. I don't know how much you can reveal or how much you want to say, but uh, definitely curious. We literally just got our masters back um, yesterday uh, for the new record. So I've sort of been listening through different headphones and speakers and the car system. And yeah, I was in the car. I was like, Oh my God, it's way too trebly. And then I realized that my car speakers, <laughs> gone up to 10 on treble i was like no. do this to me like really intricately listening in the car I'm like what's going on yeah so that's like now just going through the whole process of being like all right the sort of the master tweets which usually is nothing i mean the amount of time it took mixing was uh a lot longer than usual because we're obviously back in perth so mm -hmm. the last record actually we're mixing it on the road while we were touring america and uh like there was all these little bits and pieces that, so we were obviously listening in the car a lot of the time and we had the free time. And it's like the loud noise of like the tires on tarmac just going like, <laughs> like it was really hard to hear anything. A lot of the time we were like, more sub, more kick. And then you'd listen when the headphones on it and be like, <laughs> so like, yeah, it was a shocking, shocking one to mix. Yeah, while well, like, wait. so now it's been like, I've been around Jelly's house, the guy who's mixed the record and, 
uh, just been sitting with him like each day, like waking him up. He's a late waker, so he gets up at like 12. So, I don't know. So yeah, I'm just there at like eight in the morning, just writing notes and be like, Jelly, wake up, call me back. I've got this idea. So, That's but awesome. Happy. I'm glad it's finished. Oh, so it's finished at this point. It's finished. It's very finished. We've got the artwork down and uh, yeah, just putting together the album, like sleeve the inner gatefold at the moment. So yeah, well, I think, um, I think the plan of release is like early next year, as in like January okay. time. So um, I think because at the moment it's obviously I think well, we'd want to release it now, but the vinyl, the vinyl manufacturing is taking like a stupid amount of time because of obviously COVID, and so um, yeah, I think it's about like a at the moment like a three month turnaround, almost four month turnaround for to get physical product. So oh, that it's sort makes of sense. yeah. So now. We got a date back, so we're like, all right, so we'll release it for them. So, so yeah, the next part is waiting. Of course. Well, the, hey, that's great to hear. We're really excited for something new. And that kind of brings me to my next question. I'm glad you brought it up. You have to be aware at this point of how people treat your vinyl releases, right? They treat them like, uh, they're, like they're gold. There's some stuff, and yeah, I saw one went for like 500 bucks on, uh, was it Discogs? Oh, yeah. Dilly. Yeah, that was like so silly. I mean, yeah, because it's probably like the part one record was mm-hmm. zero for us because it was just done in our bedrooms and I was living in a barn at the time. And like, so we were just using all these sort of mics that we've collected over the years. I actually sung the whole thing on a, a lot of the tracks were sung through a SingStar mic. Okay. Like, I did so and it just was so bad but it was it's like it's made for singing so i was like i guess it can work so yeah but the vinyl though yeah that's like i mean we would be a band without that like of course records yeah the resurgence is it's unreal it is yeah yeah. it's absolutely wild the the amount of people and the amount of money that your guys is resell for i mean i'm lucky enough to own one of them and honestly i feel like i could retire early by selling it <laughs> at this point well, that's nice. it's nuts it's nuts well i mean I'll, I'll make sure to keep an eye out for whenever the pre-order goes up on this one i think we're actually putting out it was supposed to be today but next week i think we're going to do repress of the part one and two anyway so oh that fantastic be, got a different cover as well it looks pretty sick if i was on okay. the laptop i'll show you a picture that's all right i follow you guys yeah. i'm sure i'll see it i'm sure i'll spend the money um awesome that's really that's really great to hear so i mean considering there's a new album on the way it's it's tough you know when i heard mr prism it's it sounds like an evolution of the last album but if you had to kind of describe this future sound using your existing discography how would you kind of how would you describe it basically yeah, I think it definitely is sort of an evolution of the last record because I got really into like that sort of glitchy guitar sound, like 70s-esque tones, like T-Rex and bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think then kind of touched on it. And uh, just seeing that, like when we got it together, it sounded really good when we were jamming it. And uh, then when we played it live, it just instantly became like the biggest song we had, which was amazing. And I think it, it definitely tied the gap from... Um, sort of niche market or fans or people who knew us to sort of get a bit more radio play, which was how weird. So that was the first time we were like, I mean, Sight Rock's like the most mainstream thing now. It's like Tame It's Apollo crazy. And- I know. Yeah. Tame, Tame kind of set it together for everyone. Yeah, 
that's amazing. So back when we started out, it was almost this like punk rebellion thing of being like, yeah, we'll be a side rock band because that never gets played on the radio. Now it's just like the only thing that gets played on the radio is this music. So it's kind of interesting. So this time around, it was like, I wanted to do a Sergeant Pepper's Cross Nirvana, Nevermind Cross, um, Youth and Young Manhood, Kings of Leon. So okay. it was like, if, the, if those three were sort of jammed together in one album, I was almost like, like shooting sort of uh, golf balls into the bucket and being like, if it went in it, then it was in that world, it would stay on the album. But if it was just outside of it, I'd sort of leave it for another record. So, cause there was a lot of stuff. I really got into like nine inch nails and man, loads of Slipknot and stuff, which was so oh. weird. Like I listened to that sort of real heavy production, like religiously. And, uh, and it just blew my mind. I was like, this is mad. So I got really carried away and started writing like a half metal record and then had all these like jingly upbeat 70s tracks. And I was like trying to push them all together and it just wasn't working. And we had a, um, a like a sort of playthrough back in May of like what the album or my track listing and it and everyone was like i feel like it's gonna we just need some changes and luckily i spent like i just sort of went back to the drawing board a bit and tried to be like all right and that's when the concept of being like if i'm just aiming at three albums to kind of give myself more of a um i don't know some guidelines i suppose to what to write because and and it's almost from that left me like with this huge desire to keep making concept albums because you can't like when someone says write what you can or draw me anything like paint me a picture and you can do whatever you want it's so hard your brain is just like i don't know do like a cowboy with some like tentacles or something you're like it's going to be <laughs> difficult to come up with a concept but when you have got something if they're like all right now draw me the like a, some guy sitting on a mountain it's like so you can get more creative with that concept than you can with anything so sure. i feel like guidelines to and that's what i did for this record so it was a lot easier to sort of sway and get bits and pieces happening yeah that's amazing yeah honestly i mean when you're creating an album it sounds like as many songs as you might have you want them to sound cohesive in a sense you want it to sound like it's all on the same album and not kind of just like b-side yeah. here b-side there throw it on it's all got to be no yeah. i get it yeah but it's a lot of work it's a lot of work on your guys and it's a lot of experimentation for sure Oh yeah, I think it made it more fun though. Definitely, yeah. once you find it down, it was like, and it came a lot later from like the first stuff I was writing. So it was almost like once I had like twenty tracks, it's like oh, I got that's it, and that's track one, and that was oh, kind okay. of all the rest of the songs. So I really liked them, but they sort of just don't fit anywhere. They're all this weird mess. But so I've got a good concept for the fifth record to sort of tie it all together. So nice. Yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, it sounds like you have full creative control and creative freedom. Being on your own label must be pretty nice in that regard and not really necessarily having to listen to someone say, hey, we want this sound. So what are the kind of, what are kind of the differences of being on your own label as opposed to, you know, having someone kind of over your shoulder? Uh, I suppose you can just work on things like uh, in your own time and... Mm -hmm like if you get a deadline you sort of get there's a daunting task of a uh, dread of like if they're they're going to change it or if people are like i don't know sometimes you if you don't set yourself a time frame you might be you'll never finish a product so it's kind of like i kind of took that work ethic from so i used to do graphic design and i remember like 
if someone gave you a two-month project as opposed to a week project, the work is still probably just as good. Right. But setting yourself that time frame as well. So if you're like spending two weeks on a song or something, I'll be like, all right, I got to kind of scrap it. But I don't know. Maybe the the best analogy of working with your own label is yeah you can just put out anything and also i think it allows us to if we wanted to create solo projects eventually like luke our guitar player mm-hmm. working on his um solo project so he's just pumping all this time into that and it's like and then he knows he's got a label that will just hopefully grow as big as the band does and we can just be like his Luke's work is something I've been doing that doesn't fit on Paul Crumpets so or here's this other little strange like electronic thing that we want to do that's prodigy S bangers. So yeah, I suppose that freedom of being able to write whatever you want at any point and not being like, oh yeah, you're logged in for 2022 after we do all these other people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, it's really nice to kind of do what you want when you want and start your own little family as well. I mean, that's basically what a label is at this point. Yeah. Take people under a wing and give them, give them that spotlight. Definitely. Um, so I saw that you guys made a post maybe a couple days ago at this point. You're playing shows again, real in-person shows. You have to be unbelievably excited, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's still, it, yeah. It's like a half capacity, but we just don't care. It's like, I don't matter. Person. I think just to, yeah, go back and actually do something live and uh, I, like sort of get those cobwebs off. Cause your first show of like, how it must've been, it's, I mean, it's the same for everyone. It's like every band's starting again. There's like almost oh, like yeah. music and music afterwards. And it's even the same with film. Like there hasn't been a movie out in, God, I think Tenet is like the first new movie in. Oh right! <laughs> yeah. I can remember. Everyone is gonna judge me, like, or they're gonna. It's almost got free reign because they're like, movie start again. So that's just like a ten out of ten movie, like ten, 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 because no one's got anything else. Like they just really want to see it. So because we've been going to watch oh, since the bars have been back open, just watching live music. You're like, oh my god, that's like this is what I want. <laughs> Filling beer down myself and getting tinted. Like, why? Why would I not want this? Oh, so jealous. I don't know if I mentioned it. We're we're based out of Los Angeles. So Uh, it is going to be quite a while until we see a real normal show. So, and that's okay. But at least Los Angeles will still have, like, once it, if it goes to the same as Perth or something, you have all the best LA bands, California to, like, go and watch. Because, I suppose it's like, it wouldn't, because, yeah, is, is America doing it like stages where they're like, now we can do 100 cameras? Who the hell, like, we don't know what's yeah. going on over here. There's no yeah. stages, there's no rules, no one's in charge, we just have a big baby making decisions for <laughs> 300 million yeah. people. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Well, yeah. hopefully, at least you'll have all the LA bands to go watch will be nuts. Exactly. Be- I'm more death- concerned about the the stages. I mean, there's so many venues in LA that are just kind of sitting there dormant, not able to, I mean, there's already been so many that have closed permanently at this point. So it's, that's, I mean, I hope that the bands can stay afloat by selling merch and, you know, Bandcamp has been huge over the past three to four months as well. But, but yeah, the venues, uh, if they can't stay open, who knows what's going to go on with concerts. Yeah. Yeah. It is a weird time, isn't it? For live music. Super weird. I always find it's like, it, 
probably doesn't affect the bands who are already established. It's more the ones who are sort of just coming up who are just oh, yeah. getting a roll into the industry. And then it's like, and your livelihood's gone. You, then you got to go back to work. So it's like, yeah, that would just be, that would be so criminal at that point. But it's rough. Yeah. Well, enough about America. Don't need to focus on us anymore. But okay, so half capacity. So obviously, or well, how big are these venues that we're talking? Is a mosh pit still going to happen? I don't care if you got to wear a yeah, mask yeah. and do it. I can't listen I think, to your guys' music and not and not bump around. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about two fifty cap. So uh, well, oh, okay. the venue four fifty. So we're doing two hundred fifty there plus guests, and then so hopefully it'll be three hundred people. I mean, that's perfect. That's like oh yeah. If I if I had to choose a size show, it'd probably be like 300, just because you have enough that there's still people buzzing, there's still like room to go to the bar, and it's like, it's not like, like the bigger you get, the more it feels like you're, the room's too big, if that makes sense. Like, even five, I get that. 500 cap's good, that's good room, but then as soon as you get to like your thousands and bits and pieces, it's like the sound isn't. You you always get like some people like the sound was amazing, and then you get one <laughs> behind the speaker. Like, well, I couldn't hear anything. And you're like, it's because you were behind the speaker. Like you were just like push there, but exactly. So, yeah, but yeah, I think it's a good good uh, good start to sort of jump back in. So, and the venues in Perth are like we got some pretty good venues. So that they've been around for quite a while. This this one we're doing called Badlands used to be like a Contiki bar. So it's got like a volcano like hanging from the roof and all this. It's like walking into the inside of like a volcano, like a den. So yeah, it's it's strange. It's good though. Like glittery red floor. So you're just like, oh, but it should be good. Hopefully we can do a streaming thing. I wouldn't mind doing that. Like that would be interesting. Just chucking it up online and being like, like doing at least streaming the gig. So it doesn't feel like we're all by ourselves. I think your sound's gone. There you go. Good? That's good. Okay. Um, yeah. I. You know what? That venue sounds pretty awesome. We need some tiki bar venues over here. Uh, in, I mean, you guys at this point have played pretty much all over the world. Um, what have been some of the favorite venues that you've played at? Uh, any country specifically? Oh, man. Like, yeah. I think, like, the first time we went to um like europe and those places like we're only doing like maybe 150 cap 200 cap rooms oh wow but they walk in and the promoters there have got like a smorgasbord of food fruit and like drinks and beer there's beer fridges and they're like and here's rum and here's all this and you're like man we're playing to like 150 people like <laughs> like a like a festival planet. Like so those classy places, yeah, I know. And That's then you were like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the hospitality over in Europe is so good. Like, they treat artists like, like, literally artists. Like, they're sort of like, they're, um, they fund, like, um, pe like, bands and stuff to actually go and tour with, like, management teams. And mm -hmm. so we're working with a band in France who they supported us for a few shows. And they, they get, like, um, like, grants. Um, if they're at uni or whatever and they can apply for this grant, they'll be like, okay, they'll literally pay them a living wage for like a year to pursue trying to do music and tour and all this stuff. So yeah, it's, that it's sounds nuts. amazing. I know. I, I've spot, they're probably really like hard to get, but yeah. I was like, at least that's, 
they're probably the most jealous band in like Europe. Like, they're those guys. Hundred <laughs> percent, like getting paid to live your dreams. Yeah, sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But um, that was that was always good. Japan was insane. Like we did oh, uh, wow. some. Oh, and, uh, that's a dream festival to go to for sure. I was watching Weezer like took side stage like two meters away. I was like, "This is nuts!" Like it was that's so a dream. good. It was a dream. It was it was mad. And uh, yeah, that whole festival was just. It was. I didn't realize that Japan. Like, my geography is awful. I always thought it was like snowing in Japan, but it was like forty degrees and a typhoon came through, and it was like, "Oh, what?" Yeah, it was nuts. It was so hot, and they um. So for our rider, they would like gave us like, I, th- I think we had like six beers, but like three bottles of vodka, <laughs> and that, and I was like, okay, like that, that's our rider, like we'll, we'll definitely take it. Yeah. Um, but we had nothing to mix the vodka with, so we had the uh, the old Bukhari sweat. Have you had that stuff before? No, I have no idea what that is. Like uh, almost like um, uh, electrolyte water, but oh. it's got this. This strange flavor to it, which is like, uh, you definitely would mix it with vodka, but I was like hydrated, like drunk I've ever been. I was like, I could think perfectly, but my body can't move, but it's like, I don't know. Like, and I was just walking around with like perfect hearing and just, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, that was really, really. I got to try that out. What was the call? Sorry. <laughs> Oh, Picari sweat, but I'm sure you could just do it with like Gatorade and stuff. Just mix yeah, it probably tastes yeah, a little bit better. Yeah, and you would just be absolutely fine. Like, you're, wow. you're, you're bound. That's awesome. Maybe. Yeah, definitely got to get to Japan one of these days. <laughs> just <laughs> for that, just for that. Um, yeah. All right, let's see. So I can only imagine that you guys have had a ton of downtime at this point. And, and because there's been so much downtime, I feel like artists have been either releasing their archive music or kind of speeding up their releases. What have been some of the things that you've been listening to um, or what's been really your favorite things to come out of 2020 so far? Um, oh, listening wise. Yeah. I suppose it's like, like I said before, it's almost like a sort of like a checkpoint where you can be like, you know how sometimes music just goes and you're like, I'm old now because I'm still trying to catch up with 2018 or oh, what was yeah. happening. Still finding releases. So it's been really good to almost get back to a point where being like, all right, I've got all this time to actually listen to these bands and stuff that I haven't not necessarily listened to, but not dived into properly. So, uh, but man, I still love the old school stuff. There's like Kinks and T-Rex and that those bands. But um out of 2020 i mean temples just released a new track which was like this like i love it oh banger yeah it's hot motion that that album was amazing yeah we watched them at um desert days and that yeah yeah yeah. track that it's i think it is hot motion yeah Yeah, i think that came out late last year but it's still fantastic they they released a single like yesterday oh no i missed it okay i gotta check that out then all right (laughs) Yeah, but that was cool. Yeah, and then uh, they, they were one of the best live bands ever. They had the old Mad Alchemist doing the lights. Yeah, those are days like, the best. Whoa. Yeah, it was, it was... Got my poster right over there, right behind oh, me. He is a lord. He's an absolute lord. We got some good... Um, yeah, we did a show with him in... Uh, well, did one and something. He like drove like four or five hours like north. It might have even been like Portland or something where he came okay. and did the um, 
the old the lights and stuff yeah uh, that guy's all over la he does a lot of different shows um he, he when i saw i saw temples in la he was there too and it really adds a layer of depth to it lance that's it lance the we would call him lance okay. the commander <laughs> it looked like he was just on the spaceship <laughs> and we like yeah uh desert days like some guy gave us in nashville like these little like pyramid cubes like the little acid droppers and we were like i'd never like that folks in australia it's all just like on a piece of paper but they were like pyramids like little gummies oh. and i was in like this is looks like it's gonna be a, such a i don't know i didn't i suppose all that is the same but this was different it was really happy and i was at desert days we took there and lance was there and he looked like this massive like on his spaceship just kind of spinning this petri dish <laughs> and all these colors flying out of it and we found him at like four in the morning on the back of uh, those little uh, carts, you know, those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driven. I think that wasn't even a drive, and he was just like, just staring. <laughs> he was just like blown his mind out. And I was like, Lars, Lars. Well, like, sounds oh. like a good trip. Yeah, he was like, yeah, come for a ride. We were just sitting in the station, <laughs> stationary, like little go-kart. Thing. Wow. Yeah. I feel like Desert Days is that type of festival where you guys are all just so similar in your sound. You're all going to be best friends, you know what I mean? Like you're meeting the people you listen to, you're meeting your idols. There's so much going on at that festival. Literally in the backstage area that we had, we had temples were like just down the corner. We were obviously kind of moccasin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pussy Riot was next door. So it was like, <laughs> I was like, do we talk to Pussy Riot or are we allowed to talk to Pussy Riot? But like, you have so many questions for them. You're like, oh yeah, like, most mad band ever. And then <laughs> Tony Hawk came with Ween. And so Ween were like, oh, sorry, not Ween, with Devo. Oh, yeah, Devo, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Devo were like, oh, like knocking on everyone's doors. Like, we just made this wine from our Napa Valley vineyard. We were like, dude, that's fucked. They're offering us wine. Like, yeah, okay, we'll go drink yeah. some wine. And then Tony Hawk was there. We were all just like, nah. And this was as we were like, literally just started to trip. We were like, it can't be Tony Hawk. It is Tony Hawk. It's fucking Tony Hawk. Like, what? The one. So he looks like he looks like he's nine foot tall. Tony Hawk. Yeah, he's like, oh my God. and he sort of has this really easy turn and talks like really nicely and slowly, but like. Such a nice guy. That's yeah. amazing. Well, sure, I didn't know he had great taste in music, but yeah. apparently so. It does. That is awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, at this point, I don't really have, I, I think I've covered pretty much everything I want to talk. I didn't want to take up too much of your time, but I really, I really appreciate you taking this much time to speak. Oh, no problem at all, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so uh, basically we're going to be turning this into a featured review on our website, and uh, I hope to. I hope that it's all right that we post this video as well. Oh, good, man. As long as I look good, you're all you right. Look, you look fantastic. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Um, yeah, again, my name is Austin. Thank you so much for taking the time. Super excited for the new album. We'll definitely be pre-ordering. And I hope that we can talk soon. Maybe we can set something up when uh, when the record's actually out. And we're over in LA. We'll give you a, hit your message, grab a beer. That would be fantastic. Uh, I, hope, I hope it's sooner rather than later. <laughs> I hope so too, man. Sounds All right, cheers, good. Austin. Thank you so much again. Have a great rest of your day. Andy, man, thank you. All right, bye-bye.